We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. I'm Nechami, founder of Defiance Beauty by Nechami, a natural, high-performance beauty brand that is dedicated to celebrating diversity, empowerment, and inclusivity in the world of beauty. This podcast supports our mission of giving a voice and visibility to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect all of us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night and we are women. I'm so excited to have Ariella Zeitlin on the podcast today. Ariella is a tremendously talented, classically trained violinist, singer, and songwriter. And during this episode, she shares her journey of music and self-discovery. Ariella talks about the importance of embracing one's true self and how being authentic is really the key to attracting the right people into your life. Ariella shares the significance of surrounding oneself with a supportive and nurturing community and how her network, her tribe, has really contributed to her being able to overcome obstacles and challenges that she's encountered along her journey. Ariella also reflects on her journey with beauty, which was influenced by her mother and her childhood, and the importance of recognizing one's intrinsic worth, regardless of what others value. I also shared some of my own personal journey with makeup, exploring how it ties into the idea of creating and recognizing personal value. And Ariella opens up about moments in her life when she felt invisible and she offers some really fantastic ideas on how to feel seen and valued during those challenging times. She brings up some really great points of setting intentions and looking inward and so much more. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode, listen in and be inspired. Everybody always wants to know, like, where did the violin come from? <laughs> right. Like, why did, why did I start playing the violin? Like, where did that come from? And the truth is that when I was about four, I just, like, I don't I don't know. I saw a movie. I, I, it's just suddenly, like, I started asking my parents if I could play. And my parents were very smart. And they said no. <laughs> they said no. And I, I kept at it um, when I was four, when I was four and a half, when I was five. When I, you know, I just kept, like, all the time, like, oh, I want to play the violin. And um, it happens to be, I come by it, honestly, there's a lot of violin players like in my history and my family, but, um, but I started playing when I was about seven. Um, and only after, you know, a long time of like my parents being like, nah, you know, wait a little bit, you're not old enough. You know, they actually didn't really want me to go into that whole like world because my grandfather was actually, he, until he died, he was like a very well-known violinist. And um and he was actually the head of the string department at Eastman. So like very like strict and Russian Israeli, like he has a crazy story also, but um, they didn't want me to start, but I was very insistent um, for a very long time. And, and I was just like a really hyper kid. You know, my favorite thing as a kid to do was write my name on all the furniture. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, you know, my parents, I mean, now they live in Israel and I think they've gotten rid of most of the furniture, but I just remember like I used to go visit and like all the bookshelves had my name like everywhere, like upside, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I was always, you know, dirty and like always, you know, super tomboy and just like always curious and interested and like wanting to do things, love to do things with my hands, like very sensory. And um, so little Ariela really was horrible at school. Um, and I went to like different schools every year, um, starting from, you know, starting in nursery school. I went to a different school. I lived in Baltimore. 
grew up in Baltimore. And um, in third grade, I had gone to like every single school and I gotten kicked out of like every single school. So <laughs> so I ended up getting homeschooled from between third and, and ninth grade. There was like a whole community of homeschoolers in Baltimore at that time. Um, so it was like, it was really cool. Like, you know, people went to each other's houses and different parents taught different things. And like, it was like a whole community of like people. And that was how like I grew up. So, um, that was young Ariella. <laughs> that was like, you know, that was my kind of life until I was in ninth grade. It's just, I played a lot of music and I did a lot of performing, like, you know, for somebody who grew up in the Orthodox community, like they, they, love to be around to every woman's event that existed. <laughs> I played at like the most from the, the firmest things, like, cause you know, they're always looking for what can they, what, especially free entertainment, you know? <laughs> so, um, so like from like the age of like 10, I was like playing at like all these like different women's events, like all over Baltimore. And, um, and that's kind of, so that's kind of where like that this whole business that I have kind of came from, like, I was really like performing already as a kid like yeah wow that's so cool so did you always love performing like once you started you couldn't stop I just love attention what can I do <laughs> <laughs> um, um I do I I love performing I've um I've been through like waves in my life of um, like anxiety around performing like for sure when I was that age like I was top of the world but like by the time I hit like 15, 16, you know, like that age where like everything is not good enough and who am I? And the Asians are always better. And, and there was like, there's been a lot of, you know, and I'm like, I might as well not even try. And, um, I kind of getting into this very classical, like mindset and school, which is what I, how I ended up like studying and getting my degrees and, and, um, kind of being in that mindset where it's like only perfection. And then once I finished, my degree is kind of being like, oh, actually, I just want to have fun. <laughs> and I just want to bring people joy. And I just want like to, you know, I want to create like good things in the in the world and not necessarily perfection is not the goal. Yeah. Yeah. What is that process like, by the way, like going to school and then figuring out exactly how you're going to utilize being a musician? So I think that that's, that's a question that a lot of people have. And um, I do a lot of coaching for like musicians actually, because, because music like liberal arts and like a lot of other arts types fields is that, you know, you get into it and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of money that goes into scholarships and grants and prizes and competitions and things while you're in that way. So like you think you're doing it you think you're doing it and so you're doing great you know like you're you know I got all of my school was always paid for like by scholarships and by different like prizes that you know I got for playing and for performing and um, and then when I kind of finished my degree I kind of realized that the options for kind of traditional musician are not there's not so many options you know like you go into a professional orchestra and in Israel, it is possible to be an Orthodox Jew and also to be in a professional orchestra. That's not, those are not two things. Like in America, that's totally impossible because everything's on Saturdays. But um, but in Israel, it is possible to do that. But the pay is not, it's not worth, it's not a, an amount that you can support a family with. Right. So, so I basically like kind of when I finished my master's, I was like, oh, 
I was I was all the time going in this direction and now I need to figure out how how do I how do I I already had a family at that point I already was like you know I already was you know kind of realized that I wanted to do something on my own as a soloist and I wanted to create my own kind of streams of income um so I mean that's a whole journey on its own (laughs) yeah for sure but I would love to hear a little bit about that journey also (laughs) hey sure so okay so so first of all I am blessed that I grew up in a musical community and and it's it's important to like that I mention that because you know Carl Stone Carbach used to come to our house twice a year to do like big parties people will come and play their instruments that's the way I grew up that's the kind of community I grew up in. My parents hosted big parties in our sukkah. There was a lot of music all the time around me. So on the one hand, like I was studying this very serious classical like direction that I got into, you know, from the age of like eight, you know, I was very serious. But on the other hand, I had this community where people got together and they played folky Jewish music and there was a lot of jamming and a lot of creativity and I had, and the rabbi of the shul that I grew up in, like I grew up in a Hasidic shul. There was a lot of Vali Chuba, like in our shul, but in it, like the rav was Hasidic. He had a long beard, the rabbi Tversky, like educated, you know, like, and he was a composer and a singer. And like, he wrote, he wrote um, Rabbi Menachem Goldberger and he wrote a lot of music. So that's like the way that I grew up. That was a community I grew up in. And, um, and I, and I think it's important for me to say that because although I ended up going in like when, in terms of education, I went in a very classical direction. I always had that ability to improvise and to play things by ear because of that kind of side education that I'd gotten from living in the community that I lived in. So once I kind of finished my master's degree and and the whole time that I was in my master's degree I was also teaching and I was also playing like in different concerts and I was you know I was I was just very serious in that classical direction when I you know kind of finished that then I um then I ended up you know I ended up using the more the more folky and um, improvisation like side of my education like combined with like my classical technique in order to do a lot more um of playing in bands and playing at weddings and kind of and and just doing a lot more performing so like I think that I was very blessed in that way that I um that I had like that kind of parallel education yeah and also and my husband really brought it back for me the truth is that I totally left that world and when I met my husband he really like encouraged me to go back to like playing and jamming. He's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, okay, so you got married and you moved to Israel immediately? No. So I, I moved to Israel actually at the age of 17. Oh, I, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I did not grow up in a Zionist home at all. Like it was not like on my radar. Um, but I ended up coming to Israel when I was about 15 and kind of just being so, like I just fell madly in love with Israel. I was like, this is it. This is like where I was supposed to be. And um, when I was 17, I, uh, my school ended up shutting down. Like Baltimore, that happens a lot. (laughs) People are always opening schools and they're always shutting. And, uh, and I ended up going like, um, instead of 12th grade, I ended up going to seminary. And so I ended up staying in Israel. Um, And after, after seminary, I went, I came to Israel and then I just stayed in Israel. So I've been in Israel now 
I'm 36 and I've been in Israel so so 19 years. Wow. Well, so first when I first started following you on Instagram, I thought that you were Israeli. Then I realized you weren't because the way you spoke English. I think you mentioned like making all yeah, whatever. But um, it's so funny because like you have that Israeli part to you. You know what I mean? Like you have that vibe of like being very comfortable, like just letting loose like your body and dancing. You know what I mean? Right. It's very. It's you know what I wouldn't even call it Israeli. I would call it like out of town. You know, okay. like it's. You know, I, I, don't, I mean, yeah, sure. I'll take it. Let's call it Israeli. <laughs> I don't know. I'm from Detroit, so I'm also from out of town, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a different energy of like the Israel energy, you know, the music and it, it could just be as a music, a musician thing. I don't know. But there's like an aspect of like Israeli personalities that people are always like, what's like the creative, like, 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 okay, what's the next thing? Okay. Right, I have right. to figure it out. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, in my life in the past eight years, we're all kind of like that. It's like, okay, it's Corona. How are you going to like, right, right. are you going to change your life? How are you going to make enough money to like survive now? Okay. There's a war. Okay. Okay. What's next? Like right. let's pivot fast. For sure. For sure. How, <laughs> Before they, yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love seeing you. First of all, I love the fact that you are this, that obviously you're a mom and a wife and you clearly uh, like enjoy that part of yourself. We're all multifaceted human beings, but you're also like a real performer and you go on your own. You're a strong, independent woman. So how do you balance those two sides to yourself? Like, how do you also, cause I'm assuming you're, you're out at night, right? Cause you're performing at night and you have kids. So how does that work? So I think that first of all, I married a really, I married very smartly, <laughs> I, um, I, my husband knew who I was when he married me. Like he knew that that was like the direction that I was going, even if I was more like, okay, I'm going to be a classical performer. It was always kind of the direction that I was planning on going. And, um, and, uh, and I think that that's, that's just, I think that's a really important thing. Like when people are looking for a partner, that's like, that needs to be like you, if you know who you are and you're like, this is who I am. And this is a very important part of who I am. Not to think that somebody who doesn't like that part of who you are is going to change. I bet, like, I remember, like, when I was dating, like, there was a bunch of people who were like, yeah, okay, but you, you know, when you get married, you know, when you, when you, you know, once you have kids, you know, like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna keep doing that thing, you know, that's passing thing. the time. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and I remember being like, if you think that, then, then you're not the person for me. So I think that that's, you know, like a really important thing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, there's all people, all kinds of people who are listening. So if you're, you know, looking, just wait, <laughs> just be clear and just wait, the right person will come. And the person that really wants you to be all of yourself. I think that that's something that's so important for all women right now to hear that kind of message is that, that like, it's not the time, it's not the time anymore in for women to shift and for them to change and for them to deny. And then it's just not the time. Like that, that's over. It's over. You can't do it. Women just, they can't survive that way. And, uh, and then they, you know, and people end up and they end up like getting married and thinking that they can just deny themselves and then realizing that they can't. And then that is much worse, like being, being later in your life and then being like, I've been denying myself for 20 years or whatever. It's really horrible. So, so, um, choose your partners wisely, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) um it's true you want to feed your soul and if you're if if what you're doing is just if you're pushing it aside because you your partner doesn't like it or whatever or you feel like you can't do it because you're married and you have kids then you're going to end up suffering the repercussions right right and I think that you know it's just 
it's just really it's it's something that we're not people aren't willing to compromise on. I one of the one of the big things in what I what I do is um, I love telling stories and I do a lot of storytelling when I'm doing my performances. Um, I do a lot of like um, motivational speaking, like together with it, like sharing. I do. I was supposed to be in Budapest last week and like I I tell my family story and like the story of like the different generations of my family and how we're all connected and how important it is to know about where you come from in order to know where you're going and how everything is connected. Our bodies are connected. Our minds are connected. Our spirit is connected. Our past is connected. Everything like we are all connected. Like there's like the, the, the more that we know, the more we know, we don't know, you know, I think that's like a really important, like a really important thing. So so why did I start telling you that I do a lot of, so, so what's the concept of a story, right? So there's a very traditional um, um, hero story outline um, that all hero stories kind of follow the same outline. And, um, and recently the research has shown that like, okay, there's a certain type of hero that has to go out there and conquer the dragon and then come home and, you know, they have to be brave and they have to, but there's also a heroine story. And the heroine story has a lot more to do with women going inside and not denying themselves and and being worried about like this thing that they have and wanting to bring it to the world and not and being worried about what other people will think and and then bringing it to the world and having like some kind of backlash against that and then people realizing that actually the thing that she had in her heart that she wanted to bring out to the world was actually something that everybody needed and now the world is a better place and i think that the, that's what like the research shows about like heroine stories versus hero stories and i think that it's a really like important thing for people to kind of recognize that women we need to go in we need to go in in order to go out and um and men need to kind of go out in order to go in it's like a little bit like women and men are different in that way I just think that like it's like it's really interesting because i i love stories and i love storytelling and i love figuring out how to tell a story better um yeah so why did I even say that (laughs) that is so interesting well I mean I love that you share that because that is fascinating and I would love to hear how like your heroine story because did you feel like you got backlash when you were yourself or you felt like it went like flowed um for sure I I definitely you know I definitely have felt backlash I also, I don't fit into the box. I, um, I basically, I kind of, I kind of discovered that not discovered, but kind of have found my niche in these like very, well, at events specifically, like at weddings at like very fun, short, upbeat performances where I go and I like, you know, and it's like very surprising. Like everybody's sitting and I go around to the tables and it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of fun. And like, I've kind of found my niche in that. And, um, and as an Orthodox person who's doing that, there's, I mean, it's just, it's, I'm the only one who's doing that because there's kind of, there's women who perform at weddings who are usually wearing very little clothing and look very specific. Like it's usually kind of look like hangers and they wear very little clothing. Um, and they often, (laughs) are not actually playing they're actually like pretending to play it doesn't really matter because the point is not the violin it's the you know what they're not right <laughs> and and then you have on the opposite end like men virtuosos who are like you know daniel javier or whatever it's just like this 
concept of a male, like a virtuoso violinist who will come and do this like short concert. There aren't a lot of people who are like me, who I'm like, I'm there in terms of level, like in terms of being a virtuoso, I'm not going to be naked. I Nobody wants to see me naked anyways. <laughs> um but um but and I just bring like a total like energy so there's been so first of all I've had backlash against people who are like you should only perform for women like who have said that to me like I've I've been I've been told that a lot in like the in in Israel there's a huge market for like all women performances and I've done a lot of that and I it's not where I feel the most comfortable it's just like, I mean, I've done a lot of it and I've seen a lot of it. And when I'm like the main person in it, then 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 I do it really well. And I did some great stuff like, you know, over the Chagim between Rosh Hashanah and like, and I did a big thing on, on Sukkot and like, whatever, I do a lot. Oh, I'm assuming also people are not listening. Jewish holidays, basically. We just had a bunch yeah, of I was going to say that. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and I do a bunch of, I do a bunch of like performances that are like all women, but I don't, I don't stick to specifically exclusively all women audience. So I've had a kind of backlash in that direction from like the Orthodox community who are like, you're too out there. And then I've had, um, backlash also from like the events community where they're like, well, you're, you know, you're like, you're too dressed. Really? Yeah, I've had people be like, yeah, we don't want, we don't want like some, we don't want a modest performer. Like I've had people say that, which is, it's just, I, I agree. I think that it's very interesting because I, I don't see, oh, whatever. It's just my, my mindset. I don't, I don't see a problem. Like, I'm like, why yeah, would you I, even want? <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, personally, I would want the person to come because of the music and the energy not right. because of the way I mean obviously I would want the performer to be dressed nicely at an event but nice is different than showing off your body you know what I mean yeah for sure it's it's just a very there's like a lot of like there's a lot of very interesting like dynamics in like all of those different markets so I mean but I've kind of found my niche um and and I have enough work usually <laughs> when it's not wartime <laughs> but uh um, but yeah, no, thank God. Like I've, I've, uh, I really like created like this kind of ecosystem where like, I have a lot of things that I do and, and I have a very like interesting life. So you, uh, oh, I'm going to go back to like what you asked me, like how I manage performing. And I do a lot of like international like travel. So first of all, my kids are older now. My, uh, I have a daughter who's 12 and a son who's nine and, um, and my parents live around the corner. Oh, that's so convenient. I actually rarely see my parents. Um, I see like I take my dad shopping once a week and I, I kind of rarely see my mother. She's very busy and um, and we don't see each other so often. But like whenever I've gone internationally, they've they've really like stepped up and pitched in. And my husband also he runs a he runs an office that's not far away. And like if I'm traveling, then he'll like make like extra effort to come back. I think that it's just the, like in order to do what I do, you need a village. I think that that's like what it comes down to is like if I if I need to and and as a result the truth is that that I also have done a lot of thinking in terms of like how can I make it work and like how can I charge enough that I don't have to work every day and how can I manage my business in a way that manages my energy effectively like I've had to do a lot of like thinking in a way that I imagine men don't have to do you know if, you know <laughs> You know, I've had to do a lot of like what works for me. And I and I think that that I think that that's so specific. Everybody's so 
different. And it's so important to be like, this is what I need. This is in order to do what I need to do or what I want to do. I think that that's like just really like important to be really connected to to that and be like, this is what I need. For sure. Absolutely. Do you ever feel judged by other people for being, for doing what you do? Probably, <laughs> you know, um, I'm thinking about it. I, um, not so much. I mean, I'm trying like to leave your family, that kind of thing, you know, like leaving your family, living at night. You're asking a question that I think for like people who are very traditional, then like for sure they would ask that question. And I've for sure been asked that question by people who are like that. And I definitely avoid people who are like that. (laughs) (laughs) So so I've kind of surrounded myself with people who are, you know, who don't come from that direction. I, uh, the only, you know, the only judgment in, it's funny that like you're asking this question. I'm like the main judgment that I felt in my life is toward is from men who are not religious being like you're a religious woman and you're not acting the way that I think that a religious woman should act and that really bothers them (laughs) it's so interesting by the way that's a whole con a whole nother discussion but it's like that concept of when something doesn't align with you with your mindset and the way that you were brought up or you believe like your beliefs like then it's so disconcerting when you see something that goes against that it's like confusing so you're like this is the way it's supposed to be and then you're actually humans have nuance right right and that's what I love about you that you're so colorful and there's so much that you're religious and that you're a mom and a wife and you're a professional and professional musician which is so unique it's so cool (laughs) really appreciate that. And, um, I, I really like, I, I kind of, I've just kind of been kind of laser focused in that direction. Like, like that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And, um, and I, and I really appreciate like the journey that I've, I've taken and like the fact that it's been possible for me to take that journey. Um, because different steps along the journey have allowed that. What are some challenges that you've had to overcome along your journey? Because you mentioned that it's been a journey, which of course we all have journeys. So I would love to hear some of those obstacles that you, that you worked through. So I think that it's really, it would be really interesting for your audience to hear a little bit about, um, my journey with beauty. Yeah. Um, because I, I grew up in this community that was a lot of hippies. My mother did not shave her legs. She did not wear deodorant like she would buy only natural deodorant and like only natural toothpaste and like she didn't wear makeup and and that was kind of the community that I grew up in and when I was about 14 and I started becoming more interested in beauty and more I guess um, obsessive about my body and about there was a lot of fighting that ended up happening between my mother's values as, you know, a, as a hippie, as a, you know, somebody who didn't believe in like the more tradition, like the more traditional, like female. Um, so there was a lot of that. And when I left my house, it, that has always been something that I have struggled with a lot as a performer. And and I'm working now, I work with a manager and, um, and that's been a big thing that like my manager has been like, listen, if you want to be a like international level star, 
then you need to be putting out things where you look like an international level star. You can't be like, oh, here I am in my pajamas and here I am in like my, you know, I, and, um, and that's been something that I have to say has been like one of the hardest things for me because, because I grew up in a place where like, it's, I think that it's a little bit of the opposite of what a lot of people grow up with, especially in like the Orthodox community yeah. of like New York, where like, there's such an emphasis on beauty and there's such an emphasis on the way that people look. And, and, you know, there was such a different emphasis in the way that I grew up. And, and I think that like, it's just interesting for people, like when they hear that, because I mean, if you look at me, you're like, oh, she's so glamorous. But the truth is that like, am I, am I, it's something that I, I struggle with a lot and I'm like, okay, I'm dressing up in order to go and work because that's what like is expected for me. And it's, and it's something that like, I, I find like, I have a huge challenge with, and I think that it's interesting. And I think that probably a lot of women struggle with that being like, you know, putting emphasis on their beauty. Um, you know, that was always kind of, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to like explain it. It's like, you know, like, I don't want to put an emphasis on my beauty. I want to put an emphasis on my talent. But meanwhile, the fact is at the end of the day that it's all part of the package, like whatever you have, whatever you bring, it's all part of you. Yeah. And it's part of like who you are and how you put yourself out there. And actually, like, I'd love to hear that, like, from you, like, how you got you into makeup and, like, what your, like, relationship with your, your, like, mom was or, like, how that, like, relation, like, relationship with, like, got you into the field that you're in. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking, okay, I'll go to, I'll, as you were talking, I was thinking about my own journey, but um, I'll talk about that for, like, a minute because it's really your time, but we can talk about that after more. But um, it's interesting because we are very, like, visual human beings, and especially when it comes to women in particular, as you said, you can't just put, I mean, for the most part, it's very rare that you find someone who's just, who's in their pajamas and putting out their art in whatever way, shape or form without looking more glamorous. Um, it's interesting because my mom was also more of, she grew up in New York, but not religious. So it was a different type of upbringing. Yeah. Um, an upper different West Side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she grew up in Manhattan. So it's like very different, but she's very natural like the whole foods mom before it was cool, that kind of thing. Like my grandma was like that. And um, also more of like hippie vibe kind of thing. Um, but, but I've always loved makeup. I think it's more of like a nature versus nurture thing. Like I, I was playing with her makeup since I was a kid. At the same time though, as an adult, I think as I evolved and grew to appreciate myself from inside out, I've felt the need to wear less makeup and comfortable even going out of the house without makeup. So if you bump into me in the supermarket, I might not be wearing makeup. You know what I mean? So it's it's funny because people get surprised about that. But I'm like, no, I'm very human. I just like when I'm doing this interview, obviously, I'm going to I, I wear makeup because we're it's for the business. And um, and I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy makeup, but it's less of a pressure now for my day to day life. Whereas like when I was younger, I used to feel like post-college, let's say, or whatever, I, I felt more of a pressure to wear makeup. And now it's more of, of I do it because we're a makeup brand. And also I do feel it's sort of like glamour that I, I, I'm i always going to love. And you're so good at it. You're so Thanks. gorgeous. I'm like, you're so good at like the, you know, look at this color and this color and this color. It's fun. Like, yeah, it's really fun to watch. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. So I'm glad that you 
that's how you perceive me with makeup because I do find it fun. I really do. And I actually, it's funny because Ariel, I purposely, the days that I don't feel like it, the days that I feel like blah or whatever, I just like, I'm so not in the mood. I just won't show up on Instagram because I don't want to come with that energy. You know what I mean? So um, it's interesting, but I'm also like, I feel, I still feel like I'm still working and figuring out exactly like how I feel in regards to the makeup and beauty and, uh, you know, all those fun stuff. (laughs) I think that, I think it's, it's a very, like, it's a very interesting, like, it's a very interesting um, circle of events, you know, the way that like things have kind of gone through like time and now now the fact is that there are so many things that are available that that allow it to be that you don't need to wear makeup but you fill out your your face in such a way that it looks natural but it's like filled from inside or you know it's colored or you're tattooed or you know things that oh, don't yeah. need to be like you know the the kind of regular maintenance and I think that there's a lot of the judgment about that like there's a lot of judgment about Botox and fillers and yeah and all that. And I think that, I think that it's just interesting how like, there's been so much evolving in that field. Um, like I last year I'm 36, right? So last year I started doing um, micro needling and I started, oh. you know, doing more like taking care of my skin kind of stuff um, as I'm aging, you know, cause I actually had a horrible, horrible disaster experience with Botox a couple of years ago. I did it, I think four years ago and I got, it got infected and I couldn't close my eye. Oh, that's terrible like three months where I had one eye that was like this and one eye that was like this it was so bad and I went back to the woman and she was like oh it's normal and I was like I don't think so no no (laughs) so I said oh some people it happens to them like that Um, okay crazy okay Um, and I was and I'm just thinking that like you know I I have I think that that the fact is that there's such a like there's a there's a we find certain things beautiful because that's what we see and then yes. we're told that's beautiful. And then that's why we think that it's beautiful. But that has existed for thousands of years. That like that there's been a standard of beauty. Like it's not like the standard of beauty is a new concept. It's right. just that like it's evolved over time. So I just I think it's interesting to like see where it'll go. And like and I have zero judgment <laughs> for anybody. Yeah. I mean, anything like whatever you choose to do. Like we like I wear a wig, you know, I wear a wig and like I, I mean, I I do whatever I do. Like you know, I, now I have no judgment. You know. Yeah, it's so funny. I I I feel like now the trend because of COVID was COVID was so people were so focused on skincare, and I don't think that trend is ever going to leave us. But I do think that in a way it created the more natural skin trend, which I love personally because I don't like the cakey look anyway. But as you said, the trends definitely change depending on the decade or even year or whatever it is. So it's just constantly evolving. But at the end of the day, I feel like, well, I have two things to say. Number one, I think that everyone should always feel beautiful, no matter if they're wearing makeup or not. I just think it's important to really appreciate your own features and look in the mirror without makeup and feel like, feel beautiful, you know, if you can and just work, if you can then work on it, you know? Yeah. I just, I think that it has come to a point in time where I am going to sound judgmental. Maybe I am being a little judgmental, but when people look fake, I feel like that's a little bit of a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, (laughs) what do you think? Oh, um, you know what? I, I noticed that in a lot of like older celebrities, right? We see that a lot with like older celebrities where they're, um, you know, they're the level of injection that they've come to, oh, like Simon Cowell, poor guy. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like he keeps trying. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps worse. I mean, it's scary. Aging is scary. I'm not going to deny that, right? There's something about it. It's just, but I mean, I think specifically for women that like there is an element of like ageism that comes in, you know, that, you know, that when there's so much value placed on being young and being beautiful, that like when you start to age, it's terrifying. And then you're like, okay, I won't be young and I won't be beautiful. And my value as a human is wrapped up in the fact that I'm young and I think that women I think that that's part of like what I was saying about the heroine the whole concept of going inside and like recognizing like what is my purpose and who do I want and what is the dream that I have because I think that a lot of women deny that dream and they kind of go into like the you know whatever the traditional way is in their society and I you know and I'm saying like there's a certain way that as like orthodox families like we kind of have this kind of way that we think like okay you get married and you have children and you buy a home and you know and you have a certain way of hosting and you like there's certain like expectations in that way and I think that you know and that sometimes not sometimes a lot of the times people deny like what they really want in order to kind of fit into the societal like expectation and and I think that that's like a really important thing because when you're placing such an emphasis on what other people value then it's very hard to value yourself for as a whole person it's very hard hard for you to like recognize your value when you're, you know, when you're placing your, when you're creating your value based off of what other people say is valuable. And I think that that ends up being how like we become obsessed with youth and beauty because we're like, oh, men say that youth and beauty is best. Right. But that doesn't mean it's just, it doesn't mean that it's just best. It doesn't mean that youth and beauty, like, it doesn't mean that just because some men in some corporate office said so, like, you know, um, so I think that like, I think that, that it's, I think that it's all wrapped up in the heroin thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all wrapped up like recognizing like your purpose and your, you know, and your wisdom and like kind of going in that, in that way and that direction. Cause when you focus on like my purpose and my wisdom, then the way that my face looks, is not as important as my purpose and my wisdom. Like if I have a very important message that I must give to you, does not matter what I look like because I must get my message to you. My message is what's important here. Like it's not, okay, whatever. Like my eyes, like it's not, this is not important. This is just the way I'm getting the message to you. Right, right. And that's probably what's what's difficult for you in regards to what your manager said and your performances and presenting yourself because you're so focused on you're so clear and confident about your message and about your talent that you're like, why does this matter? You know? But at the end of the day, it does. It does. And you know it. You know it it does. does. No, I do. I do. And I've actually seen that like I've gone on like a branding journey over the past year where like I got new photos taken and I changed my website and I made everything look much more like, you know, top and the types of the types of clients that I'm getting are different clients. They're not clients who are asking me to play background music, you know, during their cocktail hour. They're people who are like, oh, she's a performer. She comes and does performances. Oh, she's worth xyz in order to fly her in, in order to have her do a performance. Like I saw like the the way that I shifted in people's minds and, and it's actually, that's also terrifying. 
that's terrifying when you're like people you start shifting people's minds and people start acting weird around you um and you're like i just took some pictures <laughs> like I, right. I just took some pictures like and i you know i got dolled up and took some pictures like it's i it, i'm still the same person inside so like whatever it's just like it's a it's a it's a whole journey like being able to be like okay and that's part of it and like weird regards like like intimidated of you kind of thing i have people almost every day who ask me to like record birthday messages um like oh my like my daughter's such a big fan of you could you maybe like record her a birthday message that's like i mean i just i find that like a little strange and and um and sometimes at the supermarket people will like ask to take pictures with me like it's so cute that's so it is really cute it's really cute the truth is it's really it's really cute and it's not like you know global scale where like you know I can't go to the supermarket but um but uh but like it is a little bit strange isn't it so nice though when you see that your work is being recognized because that you know what I mean like that's that's really what it means you could take it however you want but yeah that's yeah, it is. You, I, you probably have that. You know, with you, like with you, know, you probably have so that. So funny. It always, it always happens in the most awkward times. Like, and and it's okay if you're listening to this and you do that and you've done this, so it's fine. But I've had people like at Shabbos meals, like big Shabbos meals in Upper West Side, say something about like listening to our podcast or being part of our brand, or at dating events, like coming up to me at dating events. When so that's that's always a little awkward. But um, it's men also like, or women, women, women who, okay. yeah, 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 who are part of our okay. community, which is so sweet. And I'm so flattered and I love it, by the way. I really do. I just, it's just, it's just ironic that it happens to be at those times that it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when you're like meeting people that you don't know, right? Like, all right. And also, it's a weird concept that when people know who you are, but you don't know who they are. And like, you could be somewhere and people, see you and they're talking about you or they recognize you and then but you have no idea they exist until they come over to you you know what I mean especially people like you who like you're literally creating relatable content every day like I uh I I there was a while that I was creating like relatable content all the time like I was always talking online on the phone and I was always and I and I kind of stepped away from that because I kind of felt like it wasn't doing, it wasn't great for my mental health, <laughs> like yeah. to be like, okay, I'm both stories and I'm getting so many replies all day long. And I feel like I have to respond to the replies and like, just that whole like feeding of the social media machine. Like I, uh, I, I felt like I need to not be so on it all the time. I need to recognize it as the tool that it is. And also take a little bit of a, like a step away. Um, I got that. I, but, I do uh, that. But I'm just saying that because you create such relatable content. Oh, thanks. That's so nice. It's so funny. I guess I was just talking to someone else about this concept of like when you're the creator, you don't have no idea what people think about your stuff until people say something. So like I'm just behind the screen all day doing this work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are people like, so of course the messages that I get, but there are so many people I'm sure who could be sending messages and don't. And like, I would love to know, like, I would love some reinforcement over here. You know what I mean? From feedback, I should say some positive you know, feedback. A lot of times it's like, it's like, what's it called? It's like a, a ball that rolls. Like it's uh, like a, you know, a ball that like rolls down the, 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 the hill and like collects dirt as it goes. Yeah. Like at the beginning you don't feel it, but then like it like trickles down and then people are like, yeah, I watch every video and you're like, right. Right. 
How could you never say hello? <laughs> you're hanging out in like my house and you're not saying hello. Right. Like, right. That's a whole nother, it's so fun. It's a whole nother conversation about like, do, are we owed feedback? You know what I mean? Because I know some, some people get so upset about that. Some creators. And I'm just like, at the end of the day, like no one owes you anything, you know? It's, it's right. always nice. It's always a plus and it's really nice. We do love it. So if you're listening, we love feedback, but at the end of the day, we also know that we're not owed anything, you know, it's free. For I also think so. that like a lot of people, I think a lot of people get very confused. Like a lot of business owners get very confused um, as to like the, what, what Instagram is, like what social media is. And actually it's a marketing tool like actually this is a way of marketing your business like that is the reason it exists and i that's why we use social media that's why you are posting videos of your lipsticks on social media <laughs> like that's right. why it exists and that's why i am posting videos of my concerts and my music that you should listen to on spotify and my new course that i just put out and you know like this is you know all the different things that come with my business this is what i'm I, i'm on social media in order to do and like i'm also part of my business is also that i i try to inspire and i try to share like you know inspiring thoughts and things that like help me with my mental health journey and like different things that you know relate to that part of you know, of my life. But at the end of the day, I'm on social media because social media makes me money. Right. Right. That's true. Exactly. Right. That's, what, that's what I'm doing there. So like essentially, and that's actually why I made a decision to take my kids, like not put them on social media. Like I don't put that, like my daughter is TikToking all day and everything's like on private and I have thousands of adorable videos. And I'm like, and I kind of made a decision that like I'm not going to use my kids in order to promote my brand because essentially anytime that I'm putting something on my story that's what I'm doing I'm promoting my brand and like whatever yeah. I take a picture of my water bottle and like essentially that's it's just okay this is part of my brand is it part of my brand or is it not part of my brand and I've like made a, I've basically I've done a lot of like thinking about that is like whatever I'm posting is it matching what I want to put into the universe yeah so and, and in that case, nobody owes you anything. <laughs> if you're thinking about it as, as a marketing tool, that it's like, it's either effective marketing and it's working or it's not effective work, marketing and it's not working. And definitely people don't owe you a heart or a smiley face or a thank you or whatever. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Since you're a performer, obviously you are very visible. This, this is what we've been discussing. Um, have you ever had moments though where you have felt invisible in life? Of course. I think that I think that it can happen at any moment to anyone. And I often I'm it's funny because because I put out content, people think that I'm an extrovert. And I'm not actually an extrovert. I actually am an introvert. I get my, you know, I fill myself by being alone or by being, you know, I need quiet. I do a lot of meditating and a lot of yoga and a lot of like, get out of my hair and my face and like, don't, I mean, I'm a musician, like a lot of musicians, like we have that kind of deep, like connecting part of us and we need to be by ourselves. We need space. And often when I go into, um, you know, a, crowd or like a group activity where I know that other people are going to be I 
don't know how to act. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to be. And I'll often, you know, come into those situations and have that feeling of like, I don't want to be here. (laughs) I don't want to be here and nobody's seeing me. And like, like, why am I, what am I doing here? And, and I often, you know, set an intention. I do the, like, think, I think, I think, what is my goal? Like, what is my goal in this space, in this time? And I think that that's like a really like powerful way of like kind of making yourself, okay, what is my intention? Like, I'm going to, let's say I'm going to a dating event. I'm like, my intention here is to meet five men that, you know, that may, I'm to have five conversations, you know, like to have five conversations. And I don't, you know, I don't know if anything will come of the conversations, but that's my goal in this situation. Um, I think a really good, you know, example, unfortunately, one of my best friends, her husband was killed on in the fighting um, two weeks ago. And so after I'm in I'm in Israel and and there's, you know, and and he was one of the first responders. And and it was just a really, really hard. Um, it was a really hard, you know, attack. Basically, they had no idea. And there was this infiltration of thousands of terrorists and they had they were in a, a car and these four guys basically got surrounded and and like by hundreds of terrorists and and it was really really horrible horrible. anyways and um and so you know they had what's what's called a shiva like seven days after somebody dies then then you sit and people come and they visit you that's part of like our tradition and i went in there and as i'm driving there i was thinking like oh it's such a sad situation (laughs) like you know this mom with her four kids and such a sad like a sad situation to go into and I was like and I was like she does not need me to be sad (laughs) she needs me to show up as her ridiculous best friend and she needs me to keep her kids entertained and to be funny and to like you know keep her five-year-old out of her hair while she talks to other people like she does not need me to come and be all weepy like I mean there were a lot of other people who were there being weepy and I was like my intention is to go in and give them what they need as opposed to like what I might want to do, which is cry, you know, yeah. what, in that situation. And I just, I think that's like a really good example of like, like I, I'm like, okay, well, why am I leaving my house? Like if I, all I want is to be in my bed and reading my book or, you know, doing whatever I want. And so why am I even leaving the house? Why am I going into that situation? And what is my intention? What do I want? So if I'm like, I want to go in there and I want, like, I want to inspire people. I want to have four conversations where I make someone smile or whatever the thing is, setting an intention is so powerful and and it's a really important way of also like fighting that feeling of invisibility. Um, and I think that that's like a lot that I just said about yeah. that. But but, it's but good, I though. also think that it's wrapped up in worth and it's a wrap up. Um, a lot of people um, suffer um, a lot of we all do. I think everybody suffers from feeling like, am I worth it? Am I worthwhile? Am I worthy? Am I, you know, why do I exist? What is my purpose? And I think that this is like a really empower, a really powerful thing is that look outside of yourself because when you're focused on yourself, you're like, oh, I'm not special. I'm not unique. I'm not whatever. And, but, but when you look outside and you're like, who needs me right now? How can I give to someone else? 
then there you go. You've created a purpose. You've created the reason that you're there. So every time that uh, I'm not every time, I can't say that I've done this every time. I wish that I could say, oh, every time that I go outside, I'm perfect. And I did this great thing. And I'm like a fairy. But um, when I, you know, when I've managed to like kind of fight that feeling, then that's what I've done. I've been like, okay, this is my intention. This is what I'm going in. This is what I'm bringing in with me. Yeah, I love that. You said two things about setting the intention and also focusing on other people. And those are both, those are gold. Like seriously, that's literally the way to feel comfortable and just forget about your, like getting, getting out of your own head. Right. It's so important. Yeah. It's so hard to do. Yeah. So oh, do. of course. It's so hard to do. But putting once you put it into practice, it, it works. It really does. I um I just actually said this on a different podcast episode. So I'll just summarize it quickly. But so I'm also naturally more of an introvert, even though even though people think I'm an extrovert because of social, but like I'm really not. I recharge alone. Um, but so when I go to events, it, I get like anxious about going to new events where I don't know anybody, right? And when I was younger, I remember talking to an older, wiser friend of mine and I was telling her, I'm so nervous to go to wherever it was. And she said, focus, instead of thinking about your nerves and how anxious you are, focus on other people, making other people feel comfortable and just asking questions about them. And when I started doing that, it changed the entire dynamic and it changed the way I felt, my mindset. And to this day, I do that. I put it into practice at every event that I go to. So awesome. I think another really important thing, I, I heard this in a podcast by Mel Robbins, where like the faster you get to your inconvenient truths, the more comfortable the, the you win. You just yeah. win. Like the, the first person to be like, I've never done this before, you know, or the first person to, to be like, I feel really uncomfortable. How about you? You know? that's the person who kind of wins in like every situation is like, this is the truth. It's uncomfortable. You know, this is an uncomfortable situation. None of us know each other. So how do you feel about that? You know, like you're going to break the ice and you're like, this kind of sucks, you know, but it's not going to suck in five minutes. Let's let's get the sucking over with and I'll admit that it sucks here. And like, (laughs) right. Like when it's so So, awkward, you can like feel the tension. You're just like, this is awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. Okay, great. Let's move on. Right. And then you're like, but you know what? Now that we've admitted it, like, you know, now we can now it can be great in two minutes. You know, so right. I think that's another, like really like, good, like really good like tip. Like anybody who like has, you know, has to put themselves out there. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing. That's great. Okay. Let me ask you if you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? That you know it all, that you need to spend time in silence. That like you have it all inside of you and like and that women we're reconnecting to like wisdom in a way in my opinion in our generation and the next generation is going to be so much more connected and so much more aligned I hope I hope because I see my generation like everyone's in therapy and everybody's like doing the next like level from what their parents did and I hope that our kids will be there. I see that with my daughter already. The truth is that like the things she's 12 and like the way that she thinks is so much more healthy than the way that I thought at 12. And I'm like, okay, okay. That's what's going to happen. You just listen to yourself. You, you got this. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Thank you. You know? Yeah, for yeah, sure. I for sure. Important. Okay. Yeah. 
totally agree. And I love that answer, by the way, like looking inside yourself and silence. I think that's something that we could all really put into practice and just it's about making time for that because a lot of us just keep, it's like a rat race running, like we're on a treadmill, you know, all the time, but um, just sitting in silence and taking care of yourself and tuning in. I mean, that's when the ideas come to you. Think about it. Right. It's like in the shower or when you're on your run or whatever it is. So, <laughs> okay. Ariella, where can people yeah. find you if they want to learn more about you? All right. So I am at violinlikethat.com. Um, I've got a brand new school. Like I just opened up a, like an online school for learning violin. So, um, if anybody wants to learn the violin, um, that all the links are going to be on my social media, on my website. And, uh, I'd love it if you wanted to be in touch, if you wanted to hire me to come and add some sparkle to your event. Awesome. Yes. And the sparkle will be added. I could tell, I got tested that because I have seen your videos and you're just so captivating to watch. Seriously. I love it have a lot of fun on the, I, I give a lot of fun. I- people like seeing other people have fun, you know, especially when they're performing. So it's the best. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me today. This was so fun to have you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. This was so awesome. You are awesome. I'm a, such a big fan of <laughs> That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Beauty. BN and on our website, defiancebeauty.com. If there is a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard.